Alright, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of the Check Your Six podcast. I am your host, Warlocker Call, and you might see that I do not have a guest or a co-host tonight. He is out, not feeling well, so cheers, Syntax, feel better. We will see you next week. That being said, well, actually, I'll save that for once people get in here, because it's going to happen, you know. That's how it happens. We get, we've had some good participation the last couple of weeks, so we'll get it in here. But, you know, I'll go ahead and say it now because anyone who's listening on the podcast will know that you need to pay attention to the stream. And because without a co-host, I want to get a little fast and loose with the show, uh, we're going to be open to inviting someone to Discord and seeing if... We can get some conversation going on with someone else. I might have to jigger with the camera and all that stuff, but we'll make it work. And we'll figure it out. We'll do it live, as the meme goes. Though, that might be an old meme, so might have just boomered myself, but whatever. This week, Syntax actually wanted to leave a couple notes for everyone to check out a couple of the VODs that happened this week in the North American Pro League because they were, one was a really big upset, and the other one was not so much an upset, like a drastic upset, but maybe a little surprise. I I see this one kind of being like a ring around the rosy with three teams between TSM, Dark Zero, and Space Station, but just to get it out of the way, the fact that Dark Zero took out TSM two to nothing was a little bit of a surprise to Syntax and myself. Now. It was 7-4 to four on Consulate with Dark Zero winning on attack at first, it looks like, and then with four rounds, one on attack, and then Dark Zero winning Clubhouse 8-7, to seven. so a much closer game. Definitely a map that could have gone either way, and much closer to the outcome that Syntax and I were expecting with an 8-7. We were expecting a 1-1 split for the series to uh, during that that matchup so to see dark zero stand tall with five rounds on defense that's a good outcome for them they they definitely worked for that one and so it, it came out in their favor this time but it could easily have gone one one that time but the seven to four on consulate was a little surprising to me for that matter like they still had like zero was banned league-wide this was before the Echo Band came in. Uh, there there was Nomad, Ash, Valkyrie, and Mira all banned. I think that's all pretty standard, pretty meta kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just Dark Zero was the better team this time. Uh, granted that two of their members had a .77 rating as opposed to only one on TSM having that low of a rating, but... It's, it doesn't matter the overall rating. It matters what plays you make when you were there. I mean, the fact, the fact that Hot and Cold was 0.77, but he still had three plants and a 71% headshot rating, which led the entire matchup except for Geo with the 75%. Sometimes that's all you need is a good headshot every, every now and then. The survival rate doesn't quite matter. It just matters did you make your value known while you were playing. And... For the most part, it just looks like Dark Zero had a higher value overall. They were able to get more done in their short, 
one two shot lives as they have it in Rainbow Six Siege. So that was an interesting takeaway from tonight or from this week's gameplay. But the biggest surprise is Oxygen Esports winning two to zero over Space Station Gaming. Just Hubble, what? Like, how is that supposed to happen? That's that just just doesn't happen. Like, though I have to say, I'm impressed with Oxygen's banning. Like, no coastline. Done. And they see that consulate gets banned. Cool. They pick theme park. Theme park of all people. Jeez, of all places. Uh, like, I'm still not used to that map. And I can only imagine pros grind and grind and grind on it. But, you know, it's still maybe not a favorite map. And certainly not one for that you would expect players to be playing. One I don't expect pro players to play on because I'm just not a fan of it. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Sorry, doing a little live broadcast editing. Not that I have new real estate being flying solo tonight for some reason or another um well not some reason i know why the reason is i'm just i'm bad at verbate or ad hocing words we're doing this we're doing this live so let's do it um theme park was picked cafe was picked or picked um i'm not quite sure about the villa band i'm sure they're way more informed than i am but i honestly would have gone away from clubhouse but not that it matters much because oxygen knew what they were doing they put the 2-0 hurt on space station gaming syntax and i chatted a little bit before the podcast started just to sync up with his thoughts and he wasn't too surprised or like he was obviously surprised by the outcome but um this was after the league-wide ban on Echo came in. Now, Echo obviously has a huge utility that could have been used to really mess with Oxygen because that's just what Echo does. He messes with everybody's plan. So maybe that was a factor. I doubt it. I doubt it because as a pro player or with pro players, you expect them to have deeper uh, operator pools than your random pugs. Uh, so it shouldn't have had that big of a play, but the fact that everyone gets a free ban out of this, it does shake up the meta a little bit. Um, Maverick, Jackal, Bandit, Wamai all banned on Theme Park, and then on Cafe, Nomad, Ace, Wamai, and Mira. Like, we're starting to see, we're seeing the bans come out, like, as you would kind of expect. So, yeah, like, Villa, Organ banned, I... I still feel like I would have gone to Villa over Clubhouse against SSG, but I'm dead wrong as as uh, Oxygen proved me wrong. And the name Oxygen may not mean much to some people following Rainbow Six Siege, but let's read the player names on there. Vertical, Slashug, Laxane, Foxa, Biologic. Those are big-time names. Those are players who know how to get work done end of story they got work done tonight and they were the better team hands down uh bottom cost player biologic at 62 percent on oxygen bottom on space station is rampy and like when you have rampy canadian thinking name bosco Fultz, on and off night that's going to 
pull like that's going to pull your entire team down duh that's how siege works but like with space station they are such a finely tuned machine that when one player drops usually they someone else can pick up the slack someone else can pick it up for that round they can get it back in for that next round get it in for the next series get it in for the next chain uh next half but it just did not come up their way canadian managed four different plants and i mean that's that's a big deal but i guess there just wasn't enough support there not enough, too much value lost getting to that plant so that's that's devastating uh in the long run if you're looking at the league and as a whole like i don't i don't i wouldn't expect dz or uh tsm to drop a map to oxygen but maybe oxygen just hit their stride and now we have a fourth team really competing in north america we will have to keep a much closer eye on this team going forward switching over to north america collegiate rainbow six we are diving into the CEA League. There were six matchups this week. Pennsylvania State University versus Colorado State University. Boulder, CU Boulder. Their veteran team coming out. Now they had two ties earlier in the season, so they were looking for that first win. And as I said last week, it, was a, it felt like it was going to be an uphill battle for CU Boulder after they they were unable to take many rounds off of Akron or RIT and it's just they were having to, they played the first and second seed, first and second seed teams from the other division last week and that they were able to tie but seeing how those teams match up in their matches this week was going to be a big indicator about where maybe CU Boulder Black actually stack ranks in the league. Now, CU Boulder pulled out a partial win against Pennsylvania State University, winning one map and drawing the other. And they were tied, they had tied the other two leaders in the other division. So this was their their chance to kind of put a, a stake in the ground and see where they're at and honestly it's kind of funny two ties and a partial win puts them in second place in their division points matter no matter how you're getting them points matter now even with the partial win over PSU it they're tied with PSU for second place so they both have four points or uh, three points one point regardless they're both tied that's all I'm saying uh, PSU has a loss and a win and then a, uh, a loss, a win, and a draw while CU Boulder has two draws and a partial win all the same amount of points. So there you go. Uh, one point for a draw, two points for a partial win. That's how it works out. They both have four points. I remembered. Uh, so this is having tied against the uh, the top of the other division maybe i didn't give cu boulder enough credit they pulled off the partial win as i said and now they're tied with them in second place in the rogue spear division the other side of the conference the other division rit took on wisconsin madison red east or madison esports red uh this fell to a partial win 
one map one map win one map draw for rit and it feels like it makes sense for who they were up against like i said that they were neck and neck last last week they had the same record they had the same round differential against each other and and the difference was rit had a partial win while wisconsin or madison their WISC is their acronym. Sorry, I'm getting it mixed up. Uh, Madison Esports Red was that they had a draw. So it was a draw versus a partial win, and it was too close to call. You probably could have looked at gambling stats and seen a 50-50. So it was anybody's game. And the fact that it comes down to a partial win really reflects just how close those two teams actually are competing with each other so the fact that they're tied for first and second on in their division is really quite exciting or uh how's the points breakdown actually huh i gotta look into that and see how the points actually break down i wonder if they are still tied for first and second let's look it up why don't we while everything loads i will keep going on uh last week I said Carnegie Mellon, Mellon, Carnegie Mellon just needs to show up with a pulse, and Rutgers won't know what to do. This was after Rutgers had two straight losses, a round differential of negative fifteen. I really didn't think there was much to say. I think that they either made a great roster swap, they stopped having technical difficulties and had their full roster show up, and they didn't have to hit the bench this time, or something just clicked something happened on the back end because Rutgers won they showed up and proved me wrong which was I mean it's not like a miracle to prove me wrong by any means but <laughs> you know it, it's kind of funny to see that the team that was 0-2 being called out rises to the occasion and puts Carnegie Mellon in their place that's pretty cool uh, to see and s make sure that there is competitive integrity with this team with this league because honestly and really that's all there is to say about that matchup like Rutgers came out and won it 2-0 sweet way to go guys um, but on the other side we have a another surprise and while I called it saying that CSULB's roster must have changed because I don't understand a winless COSLB in any league. Winless in any league just does not make sense to me. Maybe they have their B squad participating in C, uh, CEA. I don't think that that would have flown um, given the organization of everything. I don't think that that would have really been allowed. So for them to have not been able to put up a win at all against Pennsylvania State or Akron makes sense. I mean, those two teams are no slouches, as we've already discussed. But for CSULB to just not be able to turn one of those around is really surprising. And again, for them to fall to Michigan Technological University, like that's, I don't know where MTU came out of, like, Hello, you're a new team. Nice to meet you. Um, you are making yourselves well known. I'm an MTU, lost to Akron. Not going to hold that against anybody. 
tied CU Boulder Black, hello, and then won against CSULB. Suddenly, we have a dark horse coming up in the Rogue Spear division of CEA. This is really cool to see. And, and I mean, this goes completely the opposite direction of Rutgers' 180 flip. We're seeing CSULB just get buried in the sand, and it's not a good look for them. Here we go. We got the we got the standings. So C Akron three wins, nine points. CU Boulder Black four points. Pennsylvania State four points. So they're tied for second and third. Ah, here we go. So RIT is in first place with eight points. Madison Red with four points at in third place, and Rutgers at at fourth out of six mind you that as soon as you start getting into third and fourth you you're kind of at risk of not making playoffs and it's not a good place to be but Rutgers beat Carnegie Mellon and for their first win and now they're tied with Carnegie Mellon in actual stats so we have a race going on in the bottom four spots because Madison Red having lost to or even partially losing to Wisconsin or to RIT puts them at four points because a partial win for RIT counts as a loss for Madison, which is devastating in points. It's the difference between no points and two points. Yikes. That's not a good, or they could have, if they would have had a one, one split, they would have had one point and uh, RIT would have only been at seven points as of or six points really and uh madison esports red would have been at five points much closer they would have put them very much in striking distance now they're at least two weeks away from being able to take away uh first place from rit so this is getting down to the wire these are their last weeks i believe uh let me double check this because the divisions are little over the place. Yeah, so I mean, this is the end of week three. They've got two more chances, two more games to hope that RIT blunders it. I mean, blunder, uh, blunder is going to, is calling it uh, lighthearted. I mean, for RIT, they're up against <laughs> Carnegie Mellon and FIU. Okay, so FIU versus RIT is their one opportunity to really pull back ahead. But even then, even then, RIT and FIU are both ahead of Madison. So they could hope at best for a partial win from Florida, F from FIU, Florida International University. They could hope for a partial win for... FIU over RIT two weeks from now. Next week, I mean, if Carnegie Mellon could pull out anything other than a loss, it would be a huge boon for Madison. And that's just how it's going to play out. Rutgers, New York Tech, Carnegie Mellon, I, I don't see them in the postseason at all. No chance, basically. So unfortunate as that is, that is the way the cookie crumbles. Let's see what else. What other matches do we have to talk about? Talked about CSU or CUB. 
PSU, RIT Wisconsin, uh, Rutgers over Carnegie Mellon, CSULB, we talked about that one, FIU over NYT. Uh, <laughs> now this one was if FIU showed up with a pulse, they were just going to win it. Uh, yeah, they stuck to their game. They won 2-0, no big deal. New York Tech down three three losses in a row. They're out of the playoffs. They will pro most likely be relegated out. Uh, I'm a, I can't say with certainty, but it, it, being negative 19 round differential, just not a good not a good look for an invite league basically it just last season ca was plagued with one team who qualified and then left and never played a single game and they had to make some rule adjustments to try and make it fair for the teams playing in a five-team league as opposed to a six-team league um or yeah i think that was that's how it went but having to make those adjustments we've got another stinker in here we've got a team that's just kind of thrown off the integrity of the league where they're just not able to compete at the same level and it's it's not and it, i mean maybe you lump them in with Rutgers and carnegie mellon but we know that there are some very talented teams in uh collegiate rainbow six and they're just not playing in cea and i'm really curious about that a lot of them are st maybe stuck in the open league and we just don't see enough relegations happening I would love to see CEA extend to a longer season with multiple relegations per um, season. So in the fall, have two relegations within the midseason. Because, I mean, we see three, four teams per division that, I mean, five in the case of Rogespear, five that are just having a really tough time getting points. Maybe Akron is the outlier here. Maybe Akron needs to be kicked out because they're too good for the league. Well, that would be silly. Let's not do that. So we have to start looking at more of the teams and how they're performing three weeks in and say, okay, winless, you have to fight to survive and trade with one of the open league teams. See who actually is the better team. See who actually belongs in the Invitational League and not just waiting a full quarter a full semester before trading them out i mean this is the fall season we can't be falling short on how things go i just realized they didn't have chat up but that's okay um so I, i'm really really curious to see how ce makes the shift from this because it's been kind of the status quo for not not so much the competitive integrity. I know they're doing work. I know they're taking care of business. But it's down to making adjustments to make sure that the best teams are in the invite league. There's so much movement going on with the collegiate scene and rosters that change. Players who can't play because of a heavy course load. Players who drop out. Players who transfer schools. All this, so on and so forth. Like collegiate esports for Rainbow Six may not be quite there yet, or it definitely isn't there yet, where colleges are recruiting Rainbow Six players. They're getting it for like Overwatch and League of Legends and stuff, and Rainbow Six is getting there. We're just getting the Face It League and some recognition from the developers, so 
hold on tight. Changes are happening. Changes coming, coming, but we just have to be a little more patient going forward. And the last match of the week from CEA is what I called a thunderstorm, lightning storm. ASU staring up at Zeus on top of Mount Olympus. And I was wrong. I was wrong. It was not staring up at Mount Olympus and having this mythological, unbearable uh, burden for ASU to battle on. No, this one was grounded in reality. This was a Category 5 hurricane. Just, bah, all over ASU. And the hurricane's name was IMAT, hands down. The guy was playing Duck Hunt while everyone else was trying to play Siege. He clicked so mo- so many heads and made so much happen by himself. And he used the intel and his team to exceptional degree. The teamwork is undoubted there. Like, Akron is just that good. But IMAT was having a particular night, let me tell you. On Cafe, map one. He went 18-3-3. Are you kidding me? Like, I I believe at one point he was 13-1. Or 13-3-1. One death. And that was like five rounds in. It was disgusting. Map one, Akron, 7-1. Basically how... I mean, I had a lot of hope for ASU to be able to take... A couple rounds off. I, I thought it was going to be closer. But uh, 7-1 on Cafe for Akron. And then map 2 happened on Villa. Where Hurricane IMAT was still in full force. It was weakening. It was starting to curve towards the coast. And kind of go off coast and die down a little bit. But still 12-4-6. and six. In, uh, Yeah. 12-4-6. and six. Another 7-1 routing by Akron. And when you total it all up, 30 frags, 7 assists, and 9 deaths. 9 deaths in 16 rounds of play with 30 frags. I mean, when you have someone popping off like that, there is just nothing you can do. And I think that this is absolutely what uh, Sijomo was saying, where he was saying that Akron was better than last year. I don't know if the whole team is better than last year, but IMAT certainly is. And, I mean, the other team members, they were certainly pulling their weight. I wish we had cost bright breakdowns for them and was able to evaluate what they did each round. And each one of them had great plays. I mean, I you you go back and watch that VOD and you go, oh, oh, so that's what he did. Oh, that's what Sermon did. Oh, that's, oh, okay. It makes sense. It all just played out in their hand every single time. And as IMAT won one confrontation, he was able to move on to another and another and another. Like, it was pretty gross. Pretty gross. So, Akron looking prime this season. I bet if they keep this up, they will sweep the Fall Leagues again. So, they'll sweep CEA. They'll sweep CR6. And with only 111 teams in the Face It 
champion collegiate championship league for the fall which i mean that's a lot of teams true all competing in the same league without it being seeded but broken down by geo geolocation akron has a real chance at sweeping things again like they did last fall so that's a scary bit to consider to have a two p three p in the fall season could be pretty well devastating to any team in the invite league and cea they'll be scared shitless to put it frankly uh for those qualifying and and hopefully there will be some teams who are hungry for this hungry for that opportunity so there's that week four matchups cu boulder versus cusulb uh boulder is just gonna be a boulder rolling downhill and steamroll them asu versus michigan technological university i ha- I have to put money on on the records michigan is going to take this one partial win possible i think mtu actually takes it in a full win as more likely uh akron versus psu this is going to be the only real challenge for akron i think this year who's akron playing so akron will play boulder black in the last week so the two top two teams they have their hardest match akron has their top uh difficulty matches coming up over the next two weeks so they've got time to prepare they know exactly what those teams will have to bring out against them i think akron still has a solid chance at going undefeated in this five week fall season uh next week we have wisconsin versus new york tech easy call for wisconsin new york tech just hasn't been there negative 19 round differential i'll call it again hard to say that the team that they're up against will not win uh rutgers versus fiu uh i have to give it to fiu rutgers just too inconsistent and we'll see if they've if they've really changed this time around I, uh, it may be too early to put a name on it but fiu is also just a strong team all the way around rit versus carnegie mellon uh yeah it's rit's match straightforward easy to go uh so yeah that's cea let me toggle over some statistics over to cr6 don't need that don't need that close and we've got many teams four teams in the northern and four teams in the southern leagues who are undefeated three in the gulf coast midwest and mountain pacific which is what you would expect after three weeks of play given that northern and southern have 28 teams excuse me in them and gulf coast midwest and mountain pacific mountain pacific mountain pacific i can talk uh have 24 each so um the teams don't surprise me this is without round differentials so i can't really get into that cr6 doing a lot of due diligence in the background doing a lot of work on their stats page but they were kind enough to get kind enough to give us this and the spreadsheet with the actual match outcomes which i'll pull up in just a second though it's not pretty so i don't want to blind you with my white excel sheet 
Uh, let's see. We, we'll go over the 2-0 and o matchups from last week. So these were all perfect 2-0 and o teams playing each other across all five divisions. We have Akron versus Boston. Akron wins. Uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology. Highlanders against... I don't remember what Sunji or Sunjay is, but um, that's gonna bother me because it's it's like it's not Purdue, but you know, you know, it's another one of those. Uh, no, let's see six teams. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, Stockton, that's what it is. Stockton University in New Jersey. Um, so Stockton lost to New Jersey Institute of Technology. Alfred State Esports, uh, it was going to be a close one, but they lost to University of Montreal. Uh, MSU Green. MSU. Michigan State University beat out FPU, Florida Polytechnic University Varsity. That is surprising to me. Now, Michigan seemingly coming into relevance this season with Michigan Technological over at CEA. And now Michigan, well, I mean, Michigan Technological is even over here in CR6. So we'll have to keep an eye on them and see how they are progressing. But for now, Michigan State University pulling up top and making sure that they're still undefeated in the... What division is that? Uh, that is the Southern Division. Further matches in the Southern Division. Texas Tech Gold lost to Georgia Tech Gold. Now that is... Is that? Oh, no, that was Tennessee Tech. Sorry. Tennessee Tech lost to Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech, solid, you know? Like, they've been around. They've been competing in CR6 for as long as I can remember. So kudos to them for staying at the top this time around. Uh, Ohio State Gray is undefeated after defeating... Where is it? It's on my list. There it is. They won over Wright State Esports. I didn't have this marked as a perfect team. They might have. Oh, because there was one team that was going to be perfect and not play a perfect team that would be this matchup right esports would have only had one win at this point and yikes sucks to be them to have to go up against a perfect team at this point but someone had to be that sacrificial lamb unfortunately so that happens but we'll see how they bounce back ohio state gets essentially a buy into the next round, assuming Wright State Esports wasn't able to put up much of a competition to them. Double checking chat, we're still good. 
moving on to the Midwest Division in the Central Conference. We've got University of Central Missouri Esports losing to Iowa Gold. That is about what I expected. Simo Black losing to Purdue Gold. But, I mean, Simo and Purdue, I don't have much history on them. Purdue's been around. Simo Black, I recognize the name, but honestly did not pay much attention to. And Purdue making a name for themselves. University of Michigan Gold, or Minnesota Gold, losing out to... Illinois State Varsity, that's a given. I mean, Illinois State Varsity has been a talented team for a long time, and to see them keep that tradition does not surprise me in the slightest. Moving on to the Gulf Coast Division, Texas Tech took on Texas A&M, Maroon, or Syntax's alma mater, and, uh, well, Texas Tech ends up taking it, so... A&M might be feeling a little shame going on, seeing as they're no longer top dogs in Texas. Texas Tech coming in swinging this year, which I'm excited to see more of their play, so I'm hoping to catch another of their VODs soon. Longhorn Gaming took it to University of Wisconsin. Where is it? So many names, man. Uh, was that J? Oh, it was JV. Oh, that's why. It was the JV squad, but it was the JV squad that was doing well. So Longhorn Gaming Orange taking on UW Esports, uh, Whitewater Esports, Whitewater JV. That's what it is. University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, so JV squad Whitewater has been a great uh, opponent. To see their JV squad doing so well is exciting. Oklahoma State Orange beat the Cajuns, which Oklahoma State, still the dark horse. I think Oklahoma and Oregon are still my uh, favorites to surprise people, but I'm going to have to keep an eye on a few other teams who are new to this reign of undefeated uh, season. Moving forward, last division of 2-0 teams, Boise State taking it to UC San Diego. Again, the Boise State, like, they've been around, but competitive? No. Here they are. They are 3-0 against some very talented teams. Like, I, I want to look back at this. I'll go back to Boise. I'm going to look this up real quick. Boise State University. First matchup. Cal Poly Pomona. Decent com competitive team. OTGS Owls. I don't know them. Um, ah, there's multiple Boise states. That's why. Okay. Okay, so I think Boise State University is the main team. Boise State University Orange is not the main team. I think Orange is their JV squad. We'll see how that goes. See how that breaks down. 
Uh, UC Santa Barbara Ocean versus Cal Esports. Cal Esports wins. No surprise there. Colorado Frost versus CU Boulder Black. Given CU Boulder's Black, CU Boulder's CU Boulder Black's slow start in CA, I had a little hesitancy, but they seem to be back with the partial win in CEA and now a full-on win in CR6. It, to keep them undefe undefeated, it's a place to be. It's a good mindset reminder, which teams who are only in one league will not be getting they don't get that refresh of knowing that they still matter in their divisions a lot of these leagues are geolocated now a lot of these leagues are forcing players to play against schools that they will see in other leagues so this is a good place for C boulder to be building some momentum and to come back into cea and to keep their postseason their fall postseason dreams alive even if it is only in one league. That's the matchups in CR6 that I have access to. And that's going to about wrap it up. The stats for this week, uh, unavailable to show. Unfortunately, keep a lookout on the CEA and CR6 league pages. The Speaking of leagues... The Face It Collegiate Championship League, the registration ended yesterday. So if you didn't register, you are out of luck, unfortunately. We will have to see how the 111 teams manage to break down and see how they're organized coming soon. We will have a third league coming up front for everyone. And with that league, we will see some additional stats, maybe... We will breeze through some stats again next week, but we will dive more into the players. If you're interested in an interview or joining Syntax and myself for an episode to talk through these matchups going on, what insider information you have, please let me know. Contact me at Warlocker Call on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, yada, yada, yada. You can reach to me there. You can even DM me on Twitch. Uh, or on YouTube, all of those lines are open. Hit me up. Let me know. If you have comments for the podcast, things you want to see, comments you want to make, corrections in case I did something wrong, it's entirely possible. Um, you can send me messages at anchor.fm slash check your six slash message, and we'll get the ones that are appropriate onto the show. And so you'll hear your question. We will give you credit. We will talk about it. And we will make sure that the voices of the community are heard because we want to see Collegiate Rainbow Six, not just the league, the entire environment grow and strive for more and better content. So we will see how it goes going then. With that in mind, that's the podcast. I've got your back. So no worry. No worries. You don't need to worry about checking your six. Deadpan stare. I did that. That happened. It's okay. This is me when I have to fill time and space. And I mean, without syntax and I going over stats and asking questions, it's it's a little hard to fill an hour. But we did it. We made it through. If you're interested in participating in the show, let me know. We will work out interviews. If your team wants to come on, if you want to play casual with me, I am well open for that. And I will 
make sure you know why I am a podcaster and not a collegiate or pro Rainbow Six player. Uh, that's it. That's the show. I appreciate everyone. appreciate all the ears that are coming out to download this. If you're a team, if you're a player, you want to let us know how your matchups went, again, leave a message on that link, anchor.fm slash checkyour6 slash message, and we will talk. We will get it out together. We will make sure that people will learn more about your school, more about your program, more about your team, because we want Collegiate to grow. We want to hook you up as much as we can. We want to boost your signal, take care of your team, take care of your esports clubs, take care of your other esports fans on campus by boosting the signal on your team. Help me help you, as Jerry Maguire would say. Let's do this. Here we go. I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate your ears and your time. And if you're listening on the stream, appreciate you tuning in and looking at this mug for some time. So thank you much, and I will see you next week.